The Pat Kenny Show. With the Jaguar E-Pace. Beautiful by design and dynamic to drive. Delivering performance that is unmistakably Jaguar. This is News Talk. Well, now for this month's book club, we are choosing The Foundling by Stacey Halls. The Eason Book Club on The Pat Kenny Show. Sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month. So what did our panel think of the book? Well, not in studio, of course, but we're going to talk to Claudia Carroll, Kevin McGarn, and also our newest member, Ros Purcell. You're all very welcome to the programme. Um, Claudia, first good of all, morning, what did you think of this book? Oh, well, first of all, good morning and welcome to Ros, to our book club. I Thank think reading you. is just particularly important at times like this, isn't it? Uh, it calms the spirit. Um, Pat, just to say, I, I actually know Stacey Holtz, the author. We have the same publisher. And I've met her, and it's very difficult to think of another author who's as at home in the past. This is her second book. Her first book last year, The Familiars, dealt with the Pendle Witch Trials back in the 16th century. And just as she made that period in history come alive, she does the same with this. The book starts off, The Foundling, um, with the character of Bess Bright, who's a fish seller, a, basically a shrimp hawker. She's 17 years old. She works at the Billingsgate Market on Ludgate Hill. And Stacey Halls just makes it come alive. You can hear the shouts of the merchants. You can hear the carriages and horses and traps going by. And uh, Bess has had a baby is unable to care for her, so takes her to the Foundling, which is essentially an orphanage where women, you know, as was pretty common in Georgian England, who couldn't take care of their child for one reason or another, were forced to give their child up. And in one heartbreaking scene, she hands her day-old daughter over with a token, which is a little whalebone sort of half locket with the father's initials carved into it and vows that she will one day come back and reclaim her daughter, which she does. She works really hard. You've got to pay to get your child out for year, six years, and uh, goes back and is told, oh, no, no, that baby was claimed the day after she was left here by her mother with the same name. So that's where our story kicks off. And then it gets... OK, very, so, very so we'll get to, uh, Roz to pick up on the story then. It gets more complicated, Roz. It does. And just for anyone listening, I actually listened to this book on Audible. Um, anyone who knows me, you'll know that I don't sit down too often. It's about nine hours listening. And as Claudia said, you know, Stacey has a great way of being very descriptive and really brings everything to life. But when you're listening to it on, on Audible, it's even more engaging and you really feel like you're there in the moment um, and the narrators are fantastic so chapter three where it kind of all kicks off that's when I was really caught into the book because um, obviously Bess goes to collect her daughter and she's no longer there um, I will say she found Clara very straightforward I was kind of expecting a long-winded um, I suppose way of how she was going to get it but the book isn't really about how, what, where or why, um, you'll see that it's kind of more about the tale of the two women, Bess and Alexandra, yeah. um, about motherhood and the huge class difference in London in the 1750s. Yeah, because clear, clearly, 
another woman masqueraded as the mother and and took the child and i don't give any spoilers as to when it happened uh, but it, it happened and it becomes quite clear that it happened kevin what was your reaction to the book uh, well, first of all, I think, Pat, that Roz cheated by listening to the audiobook, <laughs> whereas me and Claudia put in the hard graft and Roz just gets somebody to read it to her, like a child in bed, Pat. Um, but no, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Uh, this wouldn't be kind of the normal kind of book I would go for, but um, as the ladies were saying there, she, she writes beautifully. Like, she writes in this lovely, quite simple way, um, very, very descriptive um, of, of 1747. And as Roz was saying, yeah, it's it's about class and it's about the kind of the haves and the have-nots, um, like the life that she has as a, a shrimp hawker. It's an incredibly, incredibly tough life. But as she switches focus to um, the other main female character of the story who has everything but no no love in her life, it's uh, it's it's equally as kind of harrowing, you know. I, I thought it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I have to say. I, I mean, the awful question. detail of someone actually going back to work, flogging shrimp on yeah. the streets the day after she's given birth. I mean, qu- quite extraordinary, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And it was incredibly tough time for people. Yeah. What's the most critical well, thing for a child? Love or money? Love, love or money? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, like the, the question whether any of us could uh, take her to task uh, on her detail, because I know nothing about 18th century London, um, so we have to go along and with the, the idea that all the detail is true to the way it was then. Uh, we have a book club um, person, Marguerite Smith, on the line from Donegal. Hello, Marguerite. Oh, I don't have the Marguerite on the line. Okay, I'll go back to our uh, uh, panel then. One of the criticisms that I heard was that um, it would, the ending was a bit too tidy. What did you think, yes. Claudia? Yeah. Well, I was afraid that the book would descend into sentimentality at one point. And you've got the character of a doctor at the Foundling Hospital, Dr. Mead, who's acting almost like a wise King Solomon, trying to referee between two women who both feel that they have a claim on this little six-year-old innocent girl. Um, But for me, it didn't. And I think it was probably the characterization that that made it so gripping for me. The character of Alexandra Callard, who's the the wealthier uh, mother, we would now say she's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, agoraphobia. She can't go out. She She's had this awful trauma in her past. Again, no plot spoilers. But her character made it really interesting because she's not just a lady in a mansion house in Devonshire Terrace in London. She has her own struggles too. And um, I, I just it was a characterization that kept me turning the page the whole way throughout. Uh, Roz, would this be, I mean, you listened to it rather than read it, but would this be the kind of isolation book that people can enjoy during this period? Well, I have to say, you know, I think we're all kind of enjoying, enjoying, but also taking time to ourselves, obviously, at the moment. And actually listening to it for me was a really great distraction. Um, I know I was kind of, you know, pacing back and forth in the house. So even just while I was baking, while I was going out for a walk, having this story as a distraction was fantastic. I will agree, I think it did end abruptly, but I think I'm quite a nosy person. I wanted to know what happened afterwards and what was the negotiation like between the two ladies and what 
went on to happen with Clara. But um, it's def- definitely made me a huge fan of Stacey Halls. And I actually wouldn't mind going back and reading her first book after this because... Um, if anything, I think at the moment it is a book that is needed. It is something that will totally take you away from what's going on right now. Okay. Well, uh, Kevin, you said that uh, this is not normally your style of thing. We do have a selection of books, which I will read after 11 o'clock at some point, uh, for you to decide on what is our uh, book club choice for April. But uh, for the moment, Ooh. Claudia, Kevin and Roz, uh, thank you very much for joining